Welcome to this presentation from the Downey Seventh-day Adventist Church. We are located in the greater Los Angeles area at 9820 Lakewood Boulevard in Downey, California. We would love to have you worship with us any Saturday you are in our area. Today's message is Stewardship of Talents. Now, here's Bill Almack. After World War II... There was a group of German students who volunteered in England to help rebuild after some of the damage done from the war. And they were working on a cathedral. And in this particular cathedral was a big statue of Jesus. And he had his arms outstretched. And there was an inscription underneath that said, Come unto me. And in the damage from the bombing, the hands from the statue were gone. And they tried and tried and tried and tried to fix the hands, but nothing they did looked right. And after much debate and discussion, they finally decided to leave the hands off and change the inscription. And the inscription now reads, Christ has no hands but ours. And it's really true, right? God uses us to do His work. And sometimes we wonder, you know, why do you do that? Certainly the angels could do it better, right? But that's how God has chosen to do our work and His work. And we see it in the Bible over and over again. Feed my sheep, the Great Commission, love one another. It's just, it comes up all over the place. And we're talking about that today. We're in our series on stewardship. Last week we talked about the body. This week we're talking about talents, stewardship of our talents. And I want to approach this a little bit differently than we normally do. You know me, I can't do anything the same way twice. So um, a lot of times when we we come together with a a message, we, we pick one passage and we delve in deep and we, and that's great. That's a good way to do it. But today we're going to take a step back and take the big picture view of this, okay? So I need you to open your Bibles with me because um, I'm not going to put all this stuff up on the screen, screen that I want to cover today. So open your Bibles to Matthew chapter 24. We're going to be in 24, 25, and 26 today. If you don't have a Bible or a device, there's some there in the pew in front of you. Matthew 24 is where we're going to start. And we're going to be looking at three parables today. The parable of the ten virgins going to the wedding feast, the parable of the talents, and the parable of the sheep and the goats. And oftentimes we don't think these three parables go together. But they do, and we're going to talk about why I think they do here in a minute. Okay? And so, um, everybody there, Matthew 24... All right, so if you start looking through Matthew 24, Matthew 24 is not really a fun chapter, okay? Because it's talking about the end of days. Um, chapter, verse 3, we see, you know, he's talking about the signs of the end of the age. And Jesus talks about don't be deceived because people will be trying to deceive you. And then verse um, like 6, he's talking about, you know, they will hand you over to be persecuted, I'm sorry, I think that's nine. Then uh, many will fall away. And then he's talking about great tribulation. I mean, this is end of time stuff, and it's not very fun, right? It's heavy 
dark stuff. Um, and it continues on through the whole chapter like that. And eventually we get down to verse 36. And after he's talked all about this end times, persecution, tribulation, bad stuff's happening, and he's talking about the second coming. And in verse 36 he says, But about that day or hour, who knows? No one knows. Not even the angels in heaven, nor the Son, but only the Father. Who knows when he's coming? Only God. Jesus doesn't know. The Holy Spirit doesn't know. The angels don't know. Only God the Father knows. Okay? And so we're left with kind of this, this heavy chapter. And then we get into to chapter 25, and the tone changes a little bit. And Jesus tells these three parables that I talked about earlier. The ten virgins, the parable of the talents, and the goats and the sheep. Now, oftentimes in the Bible, things are recorded or they seem like they happen one after the other because that's how they're written down for us. But there was time in between them. But in this particular case, there is no time between them. This is one telling. And Jesus tells all three of these parables. They all go together. They all have a theme in them. And we know that because at the top of chapter 26, it says, When Jesus had finished saying these things... Okay? So we know that those three things, those three stories, happen back to back. This is one lesson that Jesus lays out for us. And oftentimes we use these three stories to talk about being ready. No one knows the hour. Be ready. Okay? And certainly that theme is in there. But we also use that middle parable about the talents to be about our spiritual gifts and our talents. So what if the other two were also about our talents and not necessarily only about being ready? So let's look at them, see what we can learn this morning, all right? So our first um, talent there, um, and I was supposed to cover one more verse before we moved on to that. He also tells us, in 24, to keep watch, because you do not know on what day the Lord will come. And that kind of leads him into this parable at the top of, of 25, the ten virgins. We know this story, right? I'm not going to cover these in depth. If you've been around church, you've heard these parables before. If you haven't, please come ask myself or somebody else here. We'll be happy to help walk you through those. But in this story, we've got ten young ladies who are going to the wedding. Now, what's universally true about weddings? They're late. They're always late. Linda and I were at a wedding last weekend, and it was late. And the reception was even later. Right? That's just, that's just the way weddings are. Right? And apparently the same thing was true during Jesus' day. And these young ladies, they get all dolled up to go to the wedding, and they put on their best clothes, and they do up their hair, and they got on their makeup and their perfume. Why? Because boys will be there. Right? They're not that different than us, right? And so they, they are there, and they're ready to go. And apparently five of them have been to a wedding before because they brought extra oil for their lamps. 
they know that weddings are late, and the other five do not. Of course, the, the, the groom and the bride are late, but they get there eventually. The five that didn't bring extra oil, they're running out of oil. They don't have any. They run off to try and go buy some oil somewhere. And by the time they get back, the door is locked. Everybody's inside, and they are left outside. And so what do we learn from this? Okay? And the easy lesson is to look at verse 13, Matthew 25, 13. And it says, Therefore keep watch, because you do not know the day or the hour. And that's the easy lesson. And we should pay attention to this lesson. Because Jesus just told us that a few verses ago, and then he tells us again. And if Jesus bothered to tell us twice, I'm thinking that's important. Right? You, you know, you guys remember mom and dad? They tell you something once. They tell you something twice. They don't tell you something three times. Right? Okay? <laughs> so he, he told us twice there. Pay attention, right? But what if this story's not just about keeping watch, but it's about being, it's, it's about your talents. Okay? You're thinking, well, what's my talent? Bringing extra oil? Maybe. Maybe. But I think what this is really talking about is your inner state of readiness. Let me give you a kind of a silly example to start with. Let's say you play the triangle. You play a mean triangle. You are the best triangle player on your block, Okay. And you want to play with the band. But the band already has seven triangle players, and there's just not room for an eighth one in the rotation. But one day, there's a call go out, we need triangle players. Because it turns out triangle players are kind of rare, and all seven of those triangle players in the band belong to one family, and they moved away to the land of triangular, and so now we have an opening for triangle players. What? is your state of readiness. Have you learned all the new songs? Are you ready to go? Or do you say, no, you know, I wanted to do it before, and now, you know, no, time's passed. You hear? Okay. Maybe a different scenario is just before church service, you see me walking towards you with a slightly anxious look on my face. Because maybe you're already helping in the church and you're telling children's story or doing the offering or the prayer or the welcome or something. And I'm running towards you just before church going, Hey, Gustavo, somebody was supposed to do the offering today, but they're sick at home puking. And we told them not to come here and puke on us. So I need you to do the offering today. What is your inner state of readiness? What is your inner state of preparedness? Right? Okay? Do you only want to serve God with your talents when it's convenient for you? Or when God needs them? I think that's what that first parable is about. All right, second parable. 
We know this one too. Um, this is the one of the boss man who's handing out um, money to some of his workers because he's going away on an extended trip. So he hands out um, five talents to one, two talents to another, and one talent to the third. Now, a talent was a measure of money, and it was roughly equivalent to 20 years of labor for a day laborer. So just about a lifetime of wages. So I took $15 an hour times 50 weeks a year. I gave him two weeks off times 30 years. $600,000. That's, that's kind of real money, right? Now, if you got five talents, that means you got $3 million. Okay? So he, boss man's handing out real amounts of money here. Okay? And he takes off. And they don't know when he's coming back because you can't text and go, I'm going to be there tomorrow. You can't even send a telegram that says, I'm going to be there next week. You can't even give a letter to the Pony Express and say, I'm going to be there next month. He just shows up one day and says, hey, how's it going? Of course, we know the story. The guy with uh, five talents comes to the man, I worked hard. I increased it. I now have ten talents. He went from three million to six million dollars. The guy with two talents says, hey, I worked hard, I increased it, I have four now. It went from 1.2 to $2.4 million. And the boss man tells them the same thing um, in verses um, 21 and 23. The exact same thing to both of them. Well done, good and faithful servant. You have been faithful with a few things. I will put you in charge of many things. Come and what? Share your master's happiness. I don't know about you, but until he says, hey, come share my happiness, I'm like, that sounds good. I'm all in, right? Of course, the last guy comes up and says, hey, man, I knew you were a tough boss. You harvest where you didn't sow, and I didn't want to lose any of it. So I kept all the money safe, and here it is, every last coin. Now, is the boss happy about this? No. Right? He says, man, how lazy were you? You could have at least put it in a bank and earned interest on it. I'd have gotten something for it. Of course, in today, you know, I don't know what the percentage of interest was back then, but now that's, you know, you'd earn like six cents or something, you know. But um, back then, maybe they had better interest rates. I don't know. Okay? And so um, he's pretty angry with them. If you look in your Bibles at verses 26 and 27, he says, you wicked and lazy servant. So you knew that I harvested where I have not sown, and you gathered where I have not scattered seed. Well, then you should have put my money on deposit with the bankers, so that when I returned, I would have received it back with interest. But he doesn't end there. He keeps going. He says, so take the bag of gold from him and give it to the one who has ten bags. For whoever has been given more, and they will have an abundance. And whoever does not have, even what they have will be taken from them. And throw that worthless servant outside into the darkness where there will be weeping and gnashing of teeth. And when we first look at this, we go, man, that's not fair. Because we want everything to be fair. 
right? At work, when the government puts out a request for a bid on work, they try very hard to make it fair so all the companies can bid equally. If you're raising children, you try very hard to be fair amongst the children, which can be difficult when one's older than the other, right? How come he gets to? Well, he's four years older than you, that's why. But you probably at one point or another heard, it's not fair. And what do you say? Life's not fair. Right? We're quick to point out to other people that life's not fair. But when it happens to us, we want to say, it's not fair. And we look at this and we say, it's not fair. But this story's not about fairness. It's about each according to his abilities. When the master handed out the gold, he gave it out each according to their abilities. Who did he expect more from? The one he gave five to. Who did he expect the least from? The guy he gave one to. Right? If you didn't know where you stood in the totem pole, you knew it after that. Right? And if that guy that got one thought he was the head honcho, he was in for a rude awakening, right? Because this story's not about fairness. It's about each according to their abilities. You ever seen anybody that seems like they can do anything? They just, they're good at everything. They can sing. They can draw. They can play musical instruments. They're good at work. They're good at sports. They're just good at everything. Don't you hate those people? Right? But we've seen those people. They're just good at everything. You think, I can't do all that stuff. And maybe you can't. Because God gives to each according to their abilities. Leave your Bibles in Matthew, but I want to turn over real quick here to a text in Romans. This comes to us from Romans 12. Excuse me. 3 through 8. And it says, For by the grace given me, I say to every one of you, do not think of yourself more highly than you ought. Boy, that first sentence right there, that's a whole sermon. Do not think of yourself more highly than you ought, but rather think of yourself with somber judgment in accordance with the faith God has distributed to each of you. For as each of us has one body with many members, And these members do not have all the same function. So in Christ, we, through many, form one body. And each member belongs to all the others. We have what kind of gifts? Different gifts according to the grace given to each of us. If your gift is prophesying, then prophesy accordance with your faith. If it is serving, then serve. If it is teaching, then teach. If it is to encourage, then give encouragement. If it is giving, then give generously. If it is to lead, do it diligently. If it is to show mercy, then do it cheerfully. It doesn't matter whether you have ten talents or one talent. Do it. Do it. Okay? And we often say, you know, this, this parable is about our talents, and it is. 
but it's also about using your talents from the time God gave it to you until the time He comes back. Huh? Do you see that in there? It wasn't okay to stop two years before boss man came back. You've got to keep going until he comes back. Okay? Then our last parable, and I know we're banging through these quick and it's getting kind of late here, sorry. Um, the parable of the sheep and the goats, starting in verse 31. This is after the second coming, and all the nations are spread before the Lord, and he starts separating them. Some go to the left, some go to the right. And Jesus uses the analogy of the sheep and the goats. It was very common in Jesus' time for there to be mixed flocks. There would be sheep and goats together. And the shepherd at times would have to separate the sheep and the goats. One obvious time is when it's time to shear the sheep. Right? And all the sheep go this way so they can get sheared. And all the goats go that way because we don't shear goats. Another time this would happen would be whenever it was cold at night. Because sheep have what? A wool coat. Goats don't. And goats get cold at night when it's cold. And so you have to put them inside, into a cave, into a barn, into a lean-to they've built. Whatever shelter they have to put the goats in to help them stay warm. The sheep are like, I'm finally cooling off. It's great. Okay, So separating the sheep and the goats was something that they were very familiar with. This is something that happened on a regular basis. And he uses the analogy of he's separating the sheep and the goats. And nobody seems to question whether they go to the right or to the left, and Jesus is just separating them. And then he gets down on uh, verse 34. And he says, Then the king will say to those on his right, Come, you who are blessed by my Father, take your inheritance, the kingdom prepared for you since the creation of the world. For I was hungry, and you gave me something to eat. And I was thirsty, and you gave me something to drink. And I was a stranger, and you invited me in. And I needed clothes, and you clothed me. And I was sick, and you looked after me. And I was in prison, and you came to visit me. And the people on his right seemed kind of surprised. and like, when did we see you, Lord, in any of these things? Of course, he replies and says, Truly I tell you, whatever you did for one of the least of these brothers and sisters of mine, you did for me. And then the same thing happens to the people on his left, except it's in the negative. You didn't come visit. You didn't come feed me. You didn't do all these things. And they kind of have the same response. They said, when did we see you? And and Jesus says, truly I tell you, whatever you did not do, for one of the least of these, you did not do for me. Verse 46 tells us, Then they, being the people on the left, go away to eternal punishment, but the righteous go to eternal life. Now did you notice in this story, in these three stories, that the punishment changes? In the first story, they get locked out in the darkness. In the second one, they get sent out into the darkness where there's weeping and gnashing of teeth. 
And in the third one, they go to eternal punishment. God takes the fact that we don't use our talents very seriously. Very seriously. See, and we we don't just use our talents between 9.30 and 12 a.m. on Saturday mornings when I'm at 9820 Lakewood Boulevard. Right? Your talents are to be used all the time. If your talent is telling other people about Jesus, I mean, literally, you'd be like preaching to the choir if you only used it on Saturday morning. Right? you you got to take that to the people. Right? You guys are looking at me like you're not following. You following? You okay? You're all just like, I don't know, where's he going with this? He's going to make me do something. Okay? And sometimes we can, people can get kind of seduced to use our talents outside of church, right? Linda and I love watching America's Got Talent and The Voice. We saw these singers coming on. And so many times I say, well, how did you learn to sing? What do they say? In church, right? I, I grew up singing in church. And now I'm ready to go to Hollywood. I don't know that that's necessarily a sin, but I hope they quit. They haven't quit singing at church, right? I hope they're still using their talent for God at, at church as well. And so, we, you know, there's, there's, there's a balance there of using our talents in the church and outside the church, but, but we need to, to be using our talents. And sometimes we can be a little bit like the worker that just had the one talent and buried it. We go, God, you know, man, I've been busy. You know, like, these kids that you gave me, they're, they're running all over the place. And I got to take them to soccer and I got to take them to karate and got classes and, and I, I don't have time, Lord. Maybe when the kids get older, then I'll be able to. Or maybe you've heard the excuse, well, you know, I served a little bit back in the 1980s and, and you know, I did my time because, you know, I served for six months in Crater Roll. Have you ever been to Crater Roll? It's horrible, right? <laughs> And, you know, we we can just come up with so many excuses. And God said, I gave you these talents to use. And when you use them, I will give you more. And you've seen that person that we hate because they can do everything? Maybe they started just like you. Except they started using the talents God gave them. And God said, all right, you mastered that one. Here's another one. Because I'm taking it away from the person sitting over there that isn't doing anything. Because I have work that needs to be done, and I'll get it done. I don't want to be too blunt. But God's going to get His work done. No amens? God's going to get His work done. And if you don't do it, He's going to find somebody that will. Until he's given up on all the people and the rocks will cry out. I am never going to advocate what God gave me to do to a rock.
We have to use these talents that God gave us. He's given us all kinds of talents, all kinds of abilities. And we need them all. Some of them aren't better than others. Because sometimes we think, oh, he can do that, but I can only do this little thing. Just as important. Just as important. God gave you talents for a reason. For a reason. When we look at those three parables and we look at the punishments that come with them, I don't know about you, but I don't want to be outside in the darkness with the five foolish virgins, the lazy five foolish virgins, the, the lazy worker, and the goats. Not where I want to be. Seems like an easy choice, doesn't it? Let's pray. Heavenly Father, you have given us so much, Lord. Help us to not be afraid to use the talent you've given us. I know sometimes it can seem so frightening and it can seem so scary to step out, Lord. Give us the courage to do that, to help finish your work, because you're going to get your work done, Lord. And we don't want to abdicate that responsibility to somebody else, and certainly not to the rocks. Lord, I ask that you be with us this week, that you give us the courage and the strength to step out and start using our talents to grow and develop them. It'll be a little rocky maybe. It'll be a little painful maybe, Lord. But you can give us the strength to get through that. Be with us now. In Jesus' name, amen. We hope you have been blessed by this message from the Downey Seventh-day Adventist Church. You can find more messages at www.downeychurch.org. God bless.